Hey, welcome to Slashers and Spirits, a horror movie podcast. In this show, Kim and I, longtime horror movie fans, show movies to AJ, who hated the genre until just recently. It's tradition that we drink a ton during this process, so as always, we're kept in check by our editor and designated driver, Molly. I'm Aaron. I'm AJ. I'm Kim. Introduce yourself. Don't Molly. do that. Oh, oh sorry. they're talking it about was, me. <laughs> I thought, I thought you it was about him to too. Again. <laughs> I was gonna make it. I had made a joke earlier about how I was gonna mess with Kim and pretend we didn't hear her when we recorded the podcast. I say like, "Haha, I made this joke," but really, I was bullying Kim earlier. And so, <laughs> Sorry, right. Molly. Hey, Molly, who are you? Yes, yes. Hi, I'm Molly, <laughs> our designated driver. Woo! All right. Um. Last week we watched Willy's Wonderland. Um, <laughs> I've I've actually thought of the movie quite a Me bit. Me too. Since, I've also since, thought about it. <laughs> it. Uh, how is it aged? How is it aged for you? Oh, it's still horrible. It's horrible. But the ending. I was thinking about it the other day. I caught myself thinking about it because I was just like, "What the fuck is up with?" a 16 year old girl getting in this car with this man and that being the end of the movie like that makes no sense like what is happening so that's I what had, I think about it so my sister had recommended me that movie she was like oh my god you gotta watch this so I kind of took it like as a blind recommendation as we watched it I thought that she she she'd given me the impression that she like highly enjoyed it and uh, I saw her like a couple days afterwards and I was like what the fuck was that movie? And she was like, right? It was crazy shit. And it wasn't even good, but it was fun to watch with some friends, right? And I was like, yeah, I can't super argue with that. Like, it was enjoyable for the what the fuck value. Um, but she had brought up something interesting to me that we had missed. And I, I know what, I never fact-checked it, so she could be wrong, but she said that Nick Cage directed that movie. No, he didn't. Yeah, okay, let's let's Okay, I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. Okay. Nicolas Cage showed up so quickly on my search. (laughs) Good. Has he directed any movies or would this be his debut? Because if it is, that's really sad. (laughs) (laughs) I think that it's his debut. That's horrible. It would surprise me if he directed other things. Wait, wait. IMDB has him as the Joe Exotic in an untitled Joe Exotic project. Yes, that is true. Hold that on. Is, that is terrible. true. Hold on. That's incredible. That's everything I could ever imagine. Was, no, Kevin his Lewis son? is the his director. Son was, his, son, his son was Batman or something? No, no, his son is Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Batman? Please don't his go into another 20-minute cage talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but there's so much to talk about with Nicolas Cage. Should we just have a cage okay. segment now? <laughs> So my sister recommends shitty movies and is a liar is what we've learned. Here. Yeah, she's <laughs> wrong. Wait, so um, he, he didn't? He no. Didn't no. Kevin Lewis directed it. Yeah, I've thought about it uh, um, some more. And I think I've just, I've fallen more in love with the, the Nick Cage video game character gimmick of like the drinks and shit like that. But so I thought like, oh, you know what? I, I have like fond memories of that now. And I do like that character. I would not watch that movie again. <laughs> Never. It's just no. not it's just not worth it, honestly. Yeah. Like I said, I think I'd watch a fight or two on YouTube in the future after a couple of drinks, but I I would never sit down and watch that movie again. 
No, I uh, wasn't. <laughs> as I was going to say, I was like, I'm sure Kim has completely changed her view and she's going to apologize for the <laughs> it. hate. It's her gonna... favorite movie. I've never even thought about it since you watched it. It's like it never happened. It was a fever dream <laughs> and that's how it's going to stay in my head. I just, who thought that the ending of the 16-year-old getting in the car with the 50-year-old was made sense? None of the movie makes sense, though, to be fair. Animatronics, like, let's be honest, that's not the biggest (laughs) plot hole. Isn't that how You know what? In 2021. Yeah. No, it doesn't. She almost does, but she doesn't. The The 21-year-old doesn't get in the car. Yeah. And we made a whole thing about that. We talked about how she purposely didn't get in the car. We're like, thank God, because that would be weird. And then in fucking Willy's Wonderland, it happens. That was that was that was still a weird part of that. Like, God, she just uh, she looked like a child. It was it was strange. She looked so young. She looked like a baby, and I can't believe that was the ending. And then she drinks the weird energy drink. That might be beer. That is an energy drink. Who knows? I um I actually have another Nick Cage movie on my list. So oh God, we might not. What possibly? else is nick cajun that you want to watch the sorcerer's apprentice <laughs> what the fuck is that's that? a horror movie <laughs> what the fuck no. is that it's a, no, it's a failed disney movie from like i, saw the I know talk about it I remember it <laughs> it had that song in it from um oh i can't remember who that song's by damn it i think uh, it's by one republic the, the movie's mandy oh. i want to watch i want to watch mandy for the podcast eventually Anyway, really? disappointed that it's not Sorcerer's Apprentice. I would have no. been down. Jokes on you! It's National Treasure Two: Book of Secrets. Hell yes! <laughs> God. Do you know that the the main character of National Treasure his his name is Benjamin Franklin? Yes, it's like his first and middle name. Ben- yes. What's his last name? Do you remember? AJ, no. resident book <laughs> National Treasure. I don't remember his last name. Wait, let me look up his name. I remember that I watched well, this movie in eighth grade. We'll get to horror movies soon. <laughs> Just give me like another ten minutes to look up the name of Nick's, Nick Cage's character in National Treasure. That's this our movie's... time in the Rage Cage. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, around, letter also known as Rage Cage, where we talk about Nicolas Cage and only oh Nicolas Cage. Oh my god! What is it? His name is Benjamin Franklin Gates. <laughs> Beautiful. God. I Thank love you. it. His name is Benjamin Franklin. That's my favorite movie. <sighs> wow. I like to think remember, it's the same character. Remember in the beginning of this movie when you told me it was a rom-com? Yeah. That was a nice moment for me. I liked the idea of us watching a rom-com. Ew. Can we watch a rom-com no. next? <laughs> rom-com. Sha- I'd count Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> Shaun of the Dead. Let's absolutely watch Shaun of the Dead. I could talk all day about Shaun of the Dead. Are you kidding? Um, It's one of my favorite movies. That's a a wrong As long as it has a love story. You know, Harry Potter has a love story. And some may say it's not a rom-com, but I think that it's good enough. And so I'll take anything that has a love story in it. What love story? Ginny and Harry? Snake? Yes. That's barely or, even counts no, as you know, a love you know story what's the in the best? movies. The, no, listen, the best love story? Hermione and Ron. No. That was weird. Yes. Incredible. My favorite love story. They should have never gone together. They're the weirdest pairing. 
No, they're perfect, and I love them, and I think that they're the best. <laughs> Aaron's I, like, I was, what is I was, going no, on? <laughs> I, no, literally last night I turned to Molly, and I, and I said, all of this should be cut. This is where we're, yeah. we're, we're diving into paths here, but I will continue this train of thought because I'm here. I, I turned to Molly, and I was like, do you ever think that Twilight kind of fucked up the later Harry Potter movies? Because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm like, Half-Blood Prince should not be about awkward relationships, but like 80% of that movie's about awkward relationships. Like that's all it is. Like and it I was never like, needs to just because everyone, everyone was all horned up because of Twilight and they had to watch Harry Potter that year. But and they're no. like, no, I disagree. No, just I disagree. No. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> I disagree. The book is like that. And the book no. was written doesn't earlier. mean the book is good. I read good. the book. The, the movie's like 90% boring relationship stuff. Like they so is the like, book. No, the book's like 80% Voldemort flashbacks and like mm, how Voldemort became to be such a prick. And they yeah. dedicate like five minutes of that in the movie. And, and instead they do awkward. It's like awkwardly getting scenes. together. And it's like, how did this happen? No Wait, one's is that know. the fifth one or is that the sixth one? Sixth one. Lavender Brown okay. is like, should not be 80% of the, the worst character. She, it, she is. In, she's like 80% of that movie. And she's like 30% of that book. We have to leave this <laughs> in because this is the Harry Potter podcast. This is this oh, this all has to go. This isn't related to it at all. Usually, I'm like, "Hey, keep where we babbled for a bit," but this isn't this is even re- remotely connected. But where does she cut? Because when did we stop talking about Willy's Wonderland? Benjamin Franklin Gates, <laughs> star of National Treasure and National Treasure Two: Book of Secrets. We <laughs> talked for like 45 minutes before this just chatting, so I feel like this is going to be the chattiest podcast. <sighs> well, last time we talked a lot in the beginning, but it was about the podcast, so it was like productive. <laughs> but, but this time no. it's just, hey, let's start talking Harry Potter theory. Um <laughs> It's the Harry Potter podcast. I feel like we also should maybe uh, address that just a little bit because we've mentioned in other episodes that this is also a Harry Potter podcast just because we get on Uh tangents about Harry Potter. But I don't think we've ever explained that. But I think like the first six episodes has like, oh, see, I brought up Harry Potter again, Harry Potter podcast. (laughs) No explanation. So this is the the problem is the first one we talked about how Harry Potter scared me as a child. So it makes it a horror movie. And therefore, this is the <laughs> Harry Potter podcast. Wow, I forgot all about that. Does that mean, like, <laughs> should, like, every, like, 20 episodes we let AJ choose a movie, but it has to be <gasps> a movie that scared her as a kid? That would be incredible. <laughs> I think Kim would die. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. I don't think Kim could make it. Like, maybe three movies right now that scared you besides Harry Potter. What What would it look like, theoretically? Okay, that's rough because I know that they're just commercials for movies, and I gotta remember. Oh. I know that at the first Twilight movie, the Twilight there movie was a commercial. scared you. No, that's not what I said. I said at the first Twilight movie. <laughs> no, okay, like, we were like old enough to not be scared by stupid shit by then. <laughs> there was. <laughs> Twilight didn't scare me. (laughs) Kim's ready to go. (laughs) Yes, sorry. Go ahead. I want to hear these options. Let's see. Pitch it to me. I don't remember them. I know that um, 
that movie that's like the gift or the neighbor oh or God. something like that that commercial scared me the box maybe <laughs> the one with the box where it's like you have to push the button and someone will no, die the one where the neighbor no that's too specific the one where the neighbor <laughs> co- moves in <laughs> it's 90 percent of horror movies the neighbor moves in okay what movie is that it's the movie where they're moving into a house you know that horror movie <laughs> okay but they're like it's called like the neighbor or the gift or i don't think it's the stranger it's not but national it's... treasure two books <laughs> it's definitely not national treasure i remember both of those movies detailedly okay the gift um, came out in 2015 it can't be that i could be thinking about that <laughs> Are you serious? Okay. <laughs> I don't, you're thinking about a Actually, commercial no. that scared you in 2015? <laughs> <laughs> 2015? I watched Unfriended in 2015 and that movie fucked me up. What, <laughs> what did you just say? Unfriended! Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me right now? <laughs> she, she said unfriended. What about unfriended to the dark, dark web? web. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't we haven't even hinted at the movie we watched. <laughs> the movie we watched is gonna be the title of nothing else. <laughs> Was it the was it the blender All scene? All of it. Oh, that blender scene was a lot. Okay, it was, oh my god. <laughs> this, is, this is enough. <laughs> this is, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Kim's final episode. Said <laughs> <laughs> enough of our shit. <laughs> no, unfriend is where I draw the line. <laughs> That's enough. Kim, Kim sat through Willy's Wonderland, but unfriended has <laughs> gone too far. <laughs> Mm-mm. You guys uh, knew I was afraid of everything. I don't know why you're shocked. I just thought when you were you're like, hmm, what horror movies tra- trailers scared me? And I was like, man. No, I, I saw. I the remember movie being. I remember being like five and like <laughs> walking down to get a video game at the video store and then seeing like the Jason Goes to Hell cover and being like, oh fuck, like it's too fucking scary. And I thought you were gonna tell a story like that, but you're like, nah. In 2015, I saw it. <laughs> okay but the woman in unfriended was from fresno and i lived in fresno when this (laughs) (laughs) oh my god oh my god that's the connection that you made with that oh my god same location oh my god so scary What with the ghost, ma'am? I don't understand this logic. Yes! Go, Kim! She looks like a ghost! I shouldn't shouldn't be surprised, but I am. I very much am. So far, your list for horror movie pitches is Harry Potter and then Unfriended is what you're telling me. As horror movies that scarred you. 
yes. Holy shit. Do you have a third option or can we stop here? Can we just <laughs> yeah, end this we now? Stop here. I think I think we're good. Were you scarred by movies, Kim? <laughs> Are you still you still searching for the first movie to There've been to, a couple. To affect you? I mean, when I was younger, like there was a lot when I was younger just because I was I mean, I wouldn't say scarred. I would think the only one that scarred me when I was younger was like The Ring and The Grudge. But after that, I guess I just had like tough skin. I like watch The Exorcist. I watch sci-fi like that's my that was a channel that I watched 24/7. Any horror movie that showed up, I would just watch it and I loved it. I would get scared at night. I would be like sweating in my bed for like 2 hours before <laughs> I passed out. But the next morning it would be right back to horror movies. The true two extremes here. Yeah, like I literally would have to sleep with the closet light on for at least like a couple oh. months. Wait, I have some more movies. Oh my god, can we do it? <laughs> okay, what is it? I saw Mama when I was like seven. Oh my god! Oh. You know, I, I I read that that movie's getting a sequel. Oh they're trying, god! Or they're trying to pitch a sequel. Okay, but I don't creepy know. children used to be like my downfall. Like I hated creepy children, and then I started working with them for a living, and I really got over it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know how to answer that. That's so <laughs> and then I got fuck them did, kids, but did you? Did, 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 well, was there more movies on this list, or do you just want to mention you saw Mama? <laughs> I was drinking when you mentioned that. That made me choke. Um, there was another one, but I can't remember the name of it, so I gave up. It's about someone that moves into a house, and that's going to be the only description she has. I- I'm waiting for her I to just be like, it. oh, I saw Willy's Wonderland in 2021, <laughs> <laughs> and it scared the fuck out of me. Okay, but we when we talked about, I listened to the Grudge episode. And you guys kept saying that she was outside my window, mm-hmm. and I was driving home in the she dark. Is- Shut up. <laughs> and I was driving home in the dark and I kept imagining her in my back seat and I kept getting freaked out. So I don't think I'm that much further than I was when I was 18 watching Unfriended. <laughs> Do you watch like the Insidious movies? Like, have you seen those? Of course I haven't. What do you mean have I watched I feel like we Insidious? have to throw in some good modern jump scares because I want you to get really okay. fucked up. You, you, like, you liked Insidious? Um, I like the creativity of it. Um, like the fact that it wasn't a remake, the fact that they kind of try to make this bigger multiverse situation uh, in like the plot of the movie. But other than that, it was kind of boring. It wasn't really scary to me. I feel like Sinister did a lot of that better. Oh, Sinister. Sinister was so good, but there are some issues I have with it that I can't call it like one of my favorites, but it was it was pretty good. Mm. I was obsessed with Sinister when I came out, though. I'd watch that shit in my dorm, like, once a week at least. I would make, like, ramen from, like, the microwave, and then I would watch Sinister. <laughs> and it was just, like, a tradition. Wow. I just, I can't, I I couldn't imagine a casual viewing of Sinister. It's like, I'm just gonna chill out and watch <laughs> Sinister. <laughs> That's my weekend. That's my downtime. Like, what horror movie can I put on? <laughs> And speaking of horror movies we watched a lot, yes, we'll talk job, about the movie we watched this week, <laughs> which is the the Descent. 
Yay, we said the name of the movie. 2006's <laughs> The Descent. <laughs> um, it, it, it was Kim's week to choose. So, Kim, why did you choose this movie this week? I like creature features, um, which I think this movie technically does fall into that category. I just want to get into different genres of horror, and I we haven't had a creature feature yet, technically. I guess God does... forbid we do a slasher. <laughs> <laughs> And I think it's just, it's a digestible movie. It's kind of, I guess, kind of long, but you don't feel the length of the movie, so it's pretty easy to watch. Pacing's okay. Um, and it's one of my favorites to just watch on a casual Saturday evening or, you know, morning <laughs> breakfast viewing. <laughs> I just, I've watched this movie like a thousand times just because it's like, it's so easy to watch and it, it does what a horror movie should do. It just shows you some good old gore. And a little bit of scares. And what more can you ask for, to be honest? For me, this was a movie I had um, kind of avoided just because of like, not because of any particular thing about the movie, just because this era of horror movies, like this 2005, 2006, like era just doesn't typically appeal to me. Mm. And I always knew it was one of, it was from like that time period. So I always assumed it wasn't anything i'd be interested to but i was shown it by a friend and i left being like wow that was something awesome like i i really dug that movie but i'd only ever seen it once so it was cool to watch it a second time and um i agree with a lot a lot of what you had to say except for i don't know about the casual saturday watch it's kind of <laughs> heavy it's it's it, it's it's pretty heavy there's there's a lot of dark things sure and difficult shit to sit through i watch like Friday the 13th on a Saturday, and that shit's practically funny. This is, this is, I, I, well, I guess watching Sinister is kind of no different. I'm, 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 I, as always, I'm in awe, Kim. <laughs> yeah, whenever I have, like, rainy days, I just, like, put on, like, a good horror movie, and I just have it in the background while I cook, and then I'll just kind of watch it. Depends on what I'm in the mood for, to be honest. Sometimes I do put on the slasher. <laughs> Other times it's midsummer. Sometimes it's like this, <laughs> like cabin fever. You know, do I want some gore? Do I want to see some meaty shit, or do I want to get a little frightened? You know, it's a typical weekend. You know, I made some <laughs> pasta, poured a little wine, a day one in hour, life. two and a half of midsummer. <laughs> Kim, what are you drinking? I still have my riscotto. It's a riscotto smooth. It's Ooh, a sweet smooth. red. Um, delicious. Not too heavy, and I just had a cookie, so the chocolate pairs perfectly with the wine. <laughs> Word combination, but you know what? It works. Yeah, a Riscato from Target. $10. When this can Great. even reveal she's actually sponsored by Target One. <laughs> yeah, she's for sure sponsored They by should. Target. I buy a lot of shit from there. AJ, what are you drinking? I'm drinking Smirnoff vodka with Simply Lemonade with raspberry. That's my uh, mixer today. What are you drinking here? It's a, it's a good change from the the whole bottle of wine <laughs> for the past two weeks. You know, I thought about it, but honestly, I was trying to prepare for my weekend, and I was like, "You got to buy some vodka so you have something for the weekend." Um, and then I changed my mind and decided I was drinking Bailey's all weekend. So I I just own vodka now. But I thought that maybe I shouldn't drink a whole bottle of wine since I have to work early tomorrow. But you know, we'll see. I've already went a drink past what I thought I was going to. Here, here. <laughs> what are you drinking? Uh, I'm drinking one of my favorite, my all-time favorite beers, Stone Fear Movie Lions or Stone FML, and all. There, you know, <laughs> FML. So. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I told you guys that it was going to be my last drink, and then I poured myself another drink. So this one has to be my last drink, and I'm holding you all accountable for It won't me. be. Thank you. Did you pour one out for the grudge woman stayed in the <laughs> second window? Yeah, I gave her her own glass earlier. How sweet. Thank you. <laughs> Shut up! Last <laughs> stop! <laughs> I hate it because sometimes I act so chill and used to it, and then you guys do shit like that, and then I can't handle it. We'll send her voice memos later on tonight of just us making the sounds. We can make the best. And I won't sound. open them. Ooh. She takes a she takes a sip of the wine and she's like, Ugh. Oh. Oh. <laughs> "Thank you, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All right, so we are almost a half hour in. Um, who knows how much Harry Potter talk gets cut out? <laughs> I was really proud of myself for making the first Harry Potter reference. You did. You went for it. We, we, we need a little sound cue at some point. <laughs> so it freaks it up. Just like a, an alarm, you know? Maybe I'll, I'll invest in some kind of like cowbell that I'll wake <laughs> when it gets made. All right. Let's talk about The Descent. Um, the movie starts off pretty traumatically. I think that's fair to say. Which mm-hmm. is um, kind of a theme of whatever movie Kim chooses. His <laughs> yep. traumatic intros. Um, <laughs> a lot of, no suicide in this movie. I know. Yes. Damn. I broke the spree. Yeah. I'm, the, the I'm okay spree. with that. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was a nice change of uh, pace to not have a suicide in the movie. But um, there is certainly tragedy. The movie opens with this group of friends who we'll get to know more throughout like the movie. But they're what would you call it? They were like water rafting or whatever? Yeah, water rafting. Yeah. I think is what That's it's water rafting, yeah. And then our main character, Sarah, gets in a car with her husband and daughter to after they're done rafting and get in a car wreck that immediately kills the husband and daughter. And it's really sudden and it's done in a really gruesome way of the car was carrying some kind of like steel pipes or whatever and the pipes go through the windshield and stab straight through the husband and daughter and uh, it really comes out of nowhere yeah it took me a second to realize that it probably hit the daughter because like you end up seeing the length of the pipe next to the van and that's mm-hmm. when i was like oh shit that's all the way through um and that made me realize it it's kind of ambiguous um at yeah. first anyway you know until there's the hospital scene where she runs in and they're like, oh, I'm sorry, she's gone and whatnot. Um, yeah, it's 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 really dark. It's uh, not a not a great opening. <laughs> you know? Like, I mean, it sets up the movie, but shit. Um, were you surprised by it, AJ? A hundred percent. I was in shock for a solid minute after it because it was just like, it was traumatic for sure. It was very intense. I remember seeing it for the first time and being like, fuck, what are we watching? Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> it really comes out of nowhere. What did you think, Kim? Oh, I loved it. It reminds me of like Final Destination. I yeah. believe it's Final yeah. Destination, the, the freeway one. There's I know it wasn't. one where it has that. Yeah. yeah. And I just, I just love it. I wish we could have gotten a bit more gore, but you know, I get it. There's a kid. They don't want to show that, but. I liked it. It was a great way to start the movie. Oof. I do not want to see what they look like. Yeah, no, I'm glad they didn't show the kid. Um, if they were to show anything, if they were to show the husband, I mean, and 
I guess I was worried about, I didn't want to acknowledge it super early on for like sake of spoilers, but uh, AJ caught on like immediately yeah. just due to the eyes they were giving each other that like her husband was very clearly cheating on her with uh, Gino, yeah. the the worthless piece of shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, if, if they were to show him, I wouldn't be like, oh God, why? You know, but I don't want to see the little girl. I think the fact that they didn't show it was kind of equally as good. That is just yeah. like an implied overshot of the car destroyed to give that ambiguity. And then the next scene in the hospital to kind of give a bit more of that like definition of like, no, yeah, they're dead. I think it was yeah. pretty clever. And it's so sudden, like they don't they don't hint at it happening like at all. Mm-hmm. It's just they're driving and talking and then all of a sudden, just holy shit. OK, they've started it with massive deaths like this. Well, I kind of feel like I thought that there was a car crash going to happen because you see him swerve. Yeah, you see him not paying attention to the road. So I was like, shit, there's going to be a car crash. And then you don't expect the poles, though. Yeah, that's the thing. And they're not even necessarily going like crazy fast that the wreck seems like it would have been lethal, you know? Yeah, yeah. It really is almost like freak chance that the pipes were in there loose and whatnot. Yeah, it's an interesting Wild. start compared to what the meat of the movie's about. Like the actual plot, it's kind of an interesting two-part setup. Yeah, so, it's, al- it's almost a little unnecessary in hindsight. Like, I, I, yeah. I, 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 not entirely, but to some degree, you know. I agree. I don't know. I I kind of took the title to be like "Descent to Hell," and so I was expecting this movie to be a lot more, um, like ghost-like and um, devil-like than it was. Is that why you were referencing cults? Yeah, she kept saying yeah. cults and they were going <laughs> into the caves. I was like, yes. yeah. what is she talking about? <laughs> well, I've never seen it and I was kind of trying to take guesses, but I yeah, I kind of thought that maybe it was like going to be a little bit more about something like descending to evil or descending to hell when it was literally about the descent like down the cave like, like i didn't expect like you going that. underground yeah like, <laughs> yeah like it's pretty literal um, yeah i guess as as far as what happens we we can say that it, it cuts to a year after the deaths <sighs> of her family and she meets with the same group of women um who i mean all have names and stuff but r- really besides <laughs> Sarah and Juno okay. aren't crazy important. Is that is, am, am I incorrect in saying that? Like, um, I mean, to keep track, you know, it's, it's they they have names. Yeah. Beth, Rebecca, Sarah. No, not Sarah. Damn it. Yeah. Holly, and then I don't remember what the last Sam. And they're the not names. completely forgettable. No. But they're not super memorable either. I remember Holly and Sam because. When they first show them, I thought that they were going to be a couple, and I was, like, excited about it. <laughs> and then they weren't, and then it was lame. Um, and Sam had a boyfriend, and then I was like, wow, I don't care about any of these characters was anymore, Sam the one none of them are gay. Whose boyfriend gave a absolutely horrible watch to? Was that that? Yes. The just abominable the f- plastic like this- or- traffic yes. cone orange watch. <laughs> yes. But the second time you ever see her, she's, like, talking to Holly, and they're, like, super close to each other and, like, sharing a cigarette and kind of whispering. And I was like, that's flirting. Like, they are definitely 
flirting, and then I thought they were going to be a couple, and then they weren't. Your gaydar was going off. My gaydar was going off. I'm just saying, I've never seen a group of women who were climbers who have not, one of them has not been gay. Like, I'm just saying. This is the thing, and one of those women had to have been a lesbian. I'm just telling you. I believe you. I'm not arguing. (laughs) (laughs) AJ do be a gay climber. Here, here. <laughs> AJ has climbed and is gay. Do you need, do you need more proof? <laughs> and everyone I know who climbs, basically everyone I know who climbs, is gay. So I don't see the problem here. We've climbed before, Aaron. Official bisexual podcast. <laughs> no. Hell yes. <laughs> Uh, there were no, there were no men for me to make uh, mildly gay comments at. In this movie. <laughs> uh, I, I am immune for this episode. The only man that was there died, but he was kind of a ladies' man. So, I mean, Aaron, did you think he was hot? No, he had a, the Ramsey Bolton haircut. Mm. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> the most radical comparison I've ever heard. The Ramsey he Bolton haircut. <laughs> He did though. <laughs> um, so yeah, they meet. They meet a year after the deaths and decide to go, you know, do adventurous shit again. And there's honestly like a good probably half hour of just these women interacting with each other. And I, I was commenting at least on how this could very easily be the worst part of the movie, where you're like, "Come on, move the fuck on! I don't need to see them joke around and shit." But it works. The, the relationships are believable. The dialogue's really good. Um, I mean, it, it's not always perfect, but I thought it was enjoyable. I agree. Agreed. Yeah, there's natural chemistry between them. It makes me feel like, yeah, they've been friends. There's there's a pretty easygoing, jokey-jokey. Well, the um, director himself, uh, Marshall, actually talked to some of his female friends and kind of was like, okay, how would we script this to have dialogue that's easygoing that you would talk to your friends about like how how to not make it so tense and so scripted but more so easygoing conversation and so I think he kind of had that extra pair of eyes to kind of oversee how the kind of dialogue was gonna go and it worked really well I mean granted we don't have a lot of character development but I don't think we really fully need it considering there's six women I think if we were going to get the development, it would be too much backstory, too much individual, you know, um, personalities. And we we get enough of that, I feel like, in a snippet and through the conversations for it to be enough. You know, I don't want to watch Sex in the City and then watch them get murdered. <laughs> you know, I, I don't care about that. So <laughs> that's not really, like, the goal that I come for when I watch horror movies with women in it. I like that Sex in the City was your example. Yeah. Wait, Nick Cage didn't direct this movie? <laughs> Gladly, he did not. <laughs> Neil Marshall did. he did not. Um... <laughs> No, but I, I, I agree that they, they, it is pretty well formed in the beginning. And um, I don't think this movie is very long. You had commented on it being long earlier. It's like an hour and 40 minutes, but I, I didn't feel the length in this one at all. Which I only great. felt it because I was scared about what was going to happen next. And I think I feel that every movie because every time there's any time left, I'm like, oh, no, what could possibly happen? So that's the only reason I can tell the time. Oh, you know what? I I have um I have some notes about the um, the beginning. 
in the beginning when she's in the hospital after the car crash and losing her husband and daughter um there's like this scene that kind of sticks with me where she's she's like sobbing in the middle of the hallway and her friends holding her and stuff and throughout the whole scene there's like a lot of medical staff like just trying to get by they're just like really just like unfazed by her and are just trying to like get through to go where they're going and i thought it was like really kind of like painful to be like yeah like your whole world just ended and everybody around you just like doesn't give a shit yeah like it was uh i thought it was a really effective scene in that way where it was just like kind of really eerie and Um, i think realistically like when your whole world ends like the rest of the world continues exactly exactly i think it painted a really good picture of that yeah and that's like almost the hard part is like yeah the fact that everyone's going to keep moving as if nothing happened but for you it's just so massive you know yeah yeah i thought that was that was really effective and i think that adds a lot to like the sickening feeling i get when i think about the beginning of this movie just like that it's kind of like midsummer mm-hmm. where i'm like wow this movie's fun but the beginning's hard to sit through <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of grief grief and trauma that kind of go yeah. through this movie yeah i'll take a that's way scarier to me than like you know vampires or zombies <laughs> well because it's real it's very like um it's realistic like a car crash is too common and too scary to like really address and that's part of the problem with it where it's like when you have to deal like i don't deal with a cult in my day-to-day life but i drive a car every day yeah and that's where the fear comes from definitely definitely it's it's, it's not far-fetched Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what makes it difficult to like sit through. Um, all right, so we can. I guess we can go back to. Sorry for the detour there, but we can go back to their retreat where they all meet and they uh, are in a cabin and they. It's a lot of just like casual conversation. It works well um, for the most part, but they plan on going to a cave system that they make kind of clear is uh, pretty safe and pretty touristy. Um, yeah. And they seem to be very risky. Like when they are in the the when they're like going down the river in that opening scene, they're almost falling out of that goddamn boat. They're I was like... worried about them in that boat. <laughs> right? It looked like you can't fake that. They were their asses were about to fall out. It's no green. One hundred percent. Um, but they 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 basically mentioned that the where they're going is pretty boring, but. Uh, it seems, at least to me, I kind of got the vibe that they were primarily meeting to make sure Sarah was okay mm-hmm. and kind of get them back together and not do anything too crazy, but just spend time together and in a lot of ways support her. Did you guys kind of get that vibe too? Yeah, it was definitely fun. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Kind of a continuation thing, you know? It's like a bonding, you know, get her mind away from things, help her heal without bringing up, you know, the situation. And I suppose they do kind of try to, like, keep it secret, but it's pretty obvious her friend Juno was sleeping with her husband. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's some tension between there, and they made it kind of clear that after the death of her family, like, Juno bailed pretty early while a lot of other people stayed and um, not cared for her, but were there for her yeah. and supportive during that time. And Juno just, like, kind of bailed because she had different grieving than the yeah. rest of them. Uh, and so there's like that kind of awkwardness 
and, and it seems like she's pretty well adjusted, but she does have like some PTSD from the events. There's a, a really great scene where they're all sleeping and she wakes up and looks out the window and all of a sudden a pipe just blasts through her head really quick and she wakes up just like dying in the same way her family did. And I thought that was, it was really good. Uh, I really enjoyed that. I thought that. so too. Great shot. And it's certainly a jump scare, but it's not like a crazy jump scare, you know, like it was still enjoyable. It wasn't just suddenly really loud. We got you. It was just like, oh, shit. Yeah, it was unexpected, uh, but also it painted the trauma and the kind of lingering, you know, feeling that she gets from losing her family. Yeah. Which is and, important um, for a character. Most definitely. Um, I had compared this movie uh, in my notes a whole hell of a lot to actually From Dust Till Dawn because oh really yeah because it really is two separate movies and yeah the second half you really don't see coming because it in the first half of this movie i i guess we can say that they 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 wind up going to the caves but juno leaves her guidebooks in the car obviously intentionally and they descend into the cave system and they're kind of making like mild comments about how they don't remember it looking like this or whatnot or the for the pictures they had seen weren't necessarily like this but juno is pretty confident and guides them through these caves and eventually the caves wind up proving to be way more dangerous than they thought in the beginning and they wind and after going through the caves for a little bit taking pictures and whatnot there's a collapse in one of the the cave parts they're in and of course the person that gets stuck in the cave system before it collapses our main character with the ptsd and she's panicking in this very tight space where she gets stuck they pull her out and then the cave like collapse behind there and that's when juno announces that there actually weren't on the path the, the the touristy safe path that they were intending to go on and instead she brought them to an uncharted cave system that she was hoping yeah. would be dangerous enough to be exciting and they could take credit for mapping the cave system and name it after their group or i guess specifically she mentioned sarah but yeah. i kind of feel like that was horseshit <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> I, I don't feel like that was that was real when she said i want to name it after you uh i thought that was dumb but <laughs> <laughs> you just don't I like her feel like... <laughs> no she juno's the worst <laughs> she is she really she is isn't <laughs> everybody dies because of juno not because of her, it's because of the creatures, okay. let's be fair. But the only no reason one they're to go in there. a position of being around the creatures is because Juno lies to them. Granted, she wanted to do a surprise, but I'm not saying that that was a good idea, but I don't think that means that she's a horrible person. She's what definitely at like... fault, but it's not... It wasn't malicious. She didn't bring them there to, like, have them murdered. <laughs> it was supposed to be, like, a surprise. Like, we're gonna we're gonna find something and name it after ourselves. Like, it'll be discovery. And I, I mean, it's, not... it's bad execution, but, I, I mean, people do surprises like that all the time. Not cave diving, you know, whatever, but, like... Yeah, I would say that that's not a surprise that happens but... every time. It's actively bringing some, some. It's bringing the group to someplace dangerous. Yeah, of like, course. It, I'm not it's, saying it's that it not was a good like, idea, but she's it's not, not like, horrible. Oh, let's go to dinner! Haha, we're going to Disneyland. <laughs> it's like, hey, let's go to the mall. J.K., we're going to go, you know, through a slaughterhouse. You know? <laughs> yeah. Or, or, or like, you want to go hiking this weekend? Yeah, let's climb Everest. <laughs> I mean, yeah, she's at fault, yeah. but I don't think she's horrible. 
I don't I think her character think is trash. I just think, yeah, definitely she's at fault and she's definitely to blame and they should be mad at her and she should have said something. But I don't think that <laughs> equates her to being horrible. <laughs> Well, she is, she is, she was sleeping with Sarah's husband. Yeah. And then brought them on a, a, a this, this, this is from my notes here. One <laughs> of my first notes is, Juno is a mistake, just like in general. <laughs> my next one is, Juno is a colossal fuckwit. Then I have, Juno sucks giant donkey farts through a straw. Um, Juno is an oversized dingleberry. And finally, um, oh shit, I, I forgot about some of these. Um, what did you write? June, I, I put, I, I guess it will be spoiler. We'll wait a little bit. We'll wait a little bit. I had a lot of Juno anger throughout this movie. Um, and, and some of it continues through my notes through the rest of this. But yeah, she just endangered everybody for no reason and was cheating with her friend and then has the audacity to like be like, victimized by it because there's a point mm-hmm. where they're talking about how they're stuck in the cage and Juno looks at this poor woman whose husband and daughter died in a car wreck and it's like we all lost somebody in that wreck Ugh. and it's Ugh. like oh Jesus Christ no class at all no class <laughs> at all Juno sucks I think she's also <laughs> doing like... this as a form of like trying to repent in a way like I think she's overcompensating to try and like ease her guilt she is which I mean, 100%. I don't think okay. makes her horrible. I I understand, like, yeah, she's at fault, and yeah, but I just don't. I don't get why you guys hate her so much because I definitely don't hate her. I'm just I like have, she I've, messed up. I have I... more to bring up, but it it like is in the later parts of the movie mm. too. I just I think that like I don't necessarily hate her, but I do think that like cheating is awful, and you should never do it. And it's horrific that she compared her experience with losing somebody to this woman's experience where she left her husband and child. Like, I don't get that. And I think that that's horrific. And I think that that is a problem. Like, even if you were cheating, like, would you, why would you ever acknowledge it in that way? Because I just don't get that. Yeah, it does. It does seem pretty cruel, especially in the the scared position they're in where they just realize they might be stuck in a tunnel <laughs> like in a stuck yes. in a cave system permanently but the movie really is a different kind of horror movie at the start they deal with claustrophobia before the collapse and stuff like that they're obviously dealing with like ptsd um i guess you know fear of the dark it also plays a big element of it am i wrong no 100 yeah. percent um, but it, the movie still remains very colorful and very well lit. It's not hard to see shit throughout the whole movie. It's it's very clear what's going on, and they they have good use of lighting and color. I think to naturally show things in a way that you still realize how dark it is, but you can see everything. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, the movies. And then once the tunnel collapses, I think is when it shows its first sign of really being a horror movie. Right. Like once the mm-hmm. the sudden the claustrophobia and the 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 idea of being trapped in this cave system is when the movie transitions from just kind of a sad tragedy to like slowly actually being a horror movie, but it's not quite at its horror movie capacity yet. And it hasn't played all of its cards yet. (laughs) And uh, it kind of becomes kind of a, a man versus nature movie, you know, like that's the the classic way to define like villains. It's like man versus man, man versus nature, man versus himself. Like it's definitely a nature movie at first, you know, it's trying to survive, while being trapped in this cave system and 
uh, it doesn't take too long before one of the characters, Holly, breaks her leg in such a horrible fashion that the her shin bone is sticking out of her skin. <laughs> uh, which it's, is uh, it's woman versus yes, yes, yeah. yes. <laughs> but yeah, like it immediately goes to that, and then all of a sudden there's the fear of not only do they need to get out of here and they have limited supplies, but there's also somebody who's injured and doesn't have full range of movement. And you have to deal with them as well, and it really seems like it's going to be kind of like a a survivalist story more than anything. Yeah, Is yeah, that kind I of think it plays itself off of. I mean, I knew that there's got to be more. Just be by the nature of knowing you guys showed me this movie that there had to be more to it but I feel like it does play itself off as like okay how are we going to survive this to a pretty good extent see I feel like Kim would definitely enjoy a movie where people were just like kind of dying in a cave system over time I don't I mean, mean that in a mean or joking <laughs> way but I'm like serious um, I-, I mean it I think I think Kim would in some way would enjoy that especially if there was like some kind of human element where they were attacking each other or fighting with each other and stuff like that you know I mean as above so below is a recent movie that kind of is similar in concept they're the catacombs in Paris and it kind of has that similar feel of the unknown and going deeper and deeper into the earth so I, I definitely do I have seen a few movies that kind of have the same concept yeah I like it I mean, it's, <laughs> it didn't have to have creatures to make it obviously a horror movie, but I mean, I think the concept and the theme of survival from whether it's just them surviving the, the caves to them surviving creatures, I think still is effective and a theme throughout. I mean, my favorite part of this movie, 100%, are, are the caves themselves because it's so, so cool. It's made in a studio and it's made with like foam and there were like only six sets that were made because it was like wow. a very low budget movie. So they had to like recycle a lot of pieces and kind of change it up and like um, restructure them to make different like cave systems. And it, it just it's like so cool to me how they like the shots were purposely made to look and kind of embody the feeling of claustrophobia and darkness. And that's just like it's, it's purpose, purposeful shots that I just I just love. I just love it. I never would have guessed. I never would have guessed that was all in a... I mean, I'm sure some of them w- would have been in a soundstage, but I didn't realize all of it would be, or that it sets were recycled. It didn't, I didn't get that vibe at all. You know, it all felt no. pretty damn real to me. Yeah, it was It was very, like, it's made with foam pieces. I saw some previous to this. I've seen some, like, behind-the-scenes stuff about the creatures, the crawlers, and how they made the actual... um cave system because i kind of assumed in some ways it'd be like a location site and it really wasn't like they deemed it too dangerous to actually film inside an actual cave so even though they had some overshots of like the forest um the actual cave itself was done in a studio with like foam and paint and stuff like that and it's just so well done like it's so beautiful I, i just love it i love the concept of it that's crazy i had no clue I, that's that's really fascinating actually yeah the darkness and claustrophobic themes are just ugh, beautiful so well done so simplistic and easy but in a way it's like like easy in concept i mean but like just so like even like blair witch how they utilize darkness and open space to kind of impact fear i think this does the opposite and does darkness in a closed space to kind of put that fear forward and I think that's really clever and really smart, and it was executed beautifully. 
I, I had also said it would have been really easy for this movie to fall into like a found footage category and not taking that path actively makes their lives more difficult, but it paid off in the end, you know? They do pieces of it with like the camcorder. Like they do some mm-hmm. some shots through the camcorder and having a camcorder be kind of like, I think one of the kills you see it through the, or no, one of the faces of the creature and it feeding, you see through a camcorder. So I think they kind of touched almost into like found footage-ish, but not really. I think less is more in that, and it showed there, you know? Yeah. That, that scene, while I don't typically like that kind of stuff, that scene didn't give me those vibes, you know, of like, though this is lazy or easily yeah. produced, you know? Definitely third-person viewpoint, and I, I, it was executed very, very well. I guess we should just transition and, and say what I kind of consider like the from dusk till dawn point, and it's at, it's I, I timed it. It was at 56 minutes into this hour and 40-minute movie is when they first show the the crawlers the like vampire-esque cannibalistic god i don't even know how to describe them other than that like uh how would you guys describe them i was thinking cannibals i thought orcs from lord of the rings visually anyway <laughs> yes yeah yeah it does kind of give you that vibe except you know more naked and scuttly <laughs> they climb a little better than orcs do but they show up 56 minutes into the movie, and uh, I think I had even made a note that 56 minutes is just the first time you actually see like the silhouette of one, and it's still a couple of minutes before they really come into the scene, and they do that. It's been pretty normal the whole time they've been crawling through the caves, and then they realize that there's a ton of animal bones in one of the caves. Mm-hmm. And they pull out the night vision on the camera and they pan around and see each other. And then behind the, one of them is this naked orc <laughs> <laughs> vampire man that's standing behind them and immediately just starts attacking them. And it's it's a great reveal shot. And they'd kind of hinted at it before, but it really kind of is to me like the From Dust Till Dawn moment when you think you're watching one type of movie or at least one type of horror movie. And then suddenly you're watching a very different type of movie and a very different genre of horror movie. And I think kind of like from dust till dawn, I prefer when the crawlers show up. Um, I think it's fine until then, but I really prefer when the, when the crawlers show up and that's when the movie kind of becomes a gore fest and much more of a creature feature than the survivalist movie that you're watching for more than half of the runtime. Yeah, the crawlers are really cool looking. I think that's one of my favorite things about this movie. Even though it's low budget, um, I think they spent a really good amount of time and money on making the creatures look so realistic and scary. So the actual people that played the crawlers were actors and not stunt people. Because the director wanted to kind of give a bit more authenticity um, to the each specific crawler. Like he wanted almost like a personality to exist with each of them. A bit more like almost method acting. Um, and not just being a creature, but being a humanoid creature. So he wanted to have a bit more life and a bit more purpose for each actor um, to kind of bring into the character that they're embodying. And even though not all the creatures have names, one of them... I believe technically has a name, although it's never actually said. Um, he's played by Craig Conway, and the name of the character for some reason is Scar. I don't know why he's named, but he has a name, and I cannot tell you which one that is. But <laughs> he's there, and he's I an see actor. Scarred. Huh? 
I assume he's he's scarred. Yeah, I I think he (laughs) might be one of the ones with like a scar in his eye or the one where you see his eye a bit clearly. Um, Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they're all played by actual actors. And on set, actually, they separated the woman from the crawlers so that way they would see them for the first time when they actually interacted in scenes. They wanted to kind of Um. not have them be accustomed to seeing, you know, how they looked in all like the makeup and um, effects and whatnot which took five hours like about five to five and a half hours to do the full body makeup and paint and stuff which is pretty cool they look good they look good um they do yeah no the everything there's some odd effects early on in the movie yeah um but they're more like green screen backgrounds or um there's like some awkward bat scene where the uh, bunch of bats come out but where the cgi would have been like easiest in the way of like caving in the head of a crawler or something like that they don't do that <laughs> it's it's really mm-hmm. practical for most of it you know and uh it really it really shows it's really visceral and it, it's i really have no complaints uh about any effects after the crawlers show up which is weird because you'd think it would look great until the crawlers showed up <laughs> but uh no it, it's it's great were you surprised by the the crawlers, AJ? I I mean, you see them kind of early on, and I knew there had to be something that was going to show up, but at the same time, I didn't necessarily expect that that was what was going to be it. And I think that they did. Every time I saw them, I was shocked by them, and they did a really good job at making them like scary, like making them appear in places that you didn't expect them to appear, and making them appear in moments that you thought were fine and safe. And I think they did a really good job of that. There were a lot of, uh, of gasps and, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I don't want to say screams, but certainly... Uh, there were guess, definitely scares. Yeah, yeah. You, you were scared throughout this movie, this movie a good bit. How did it, how did it rate for you on, on being scared? I mean, I definitely had jump scares, but it didn't scare me after that. Like, there wasn't, like, long scares. Which I think that movies like uh, *Midsummer* or *Hereditary* that like stick with you have um, deeper scares. But I think that this movie did a good job at making me afraid in the moment that like, oh, all of a sudden this thing is there and I don't know what it's gonna do next. And I think that that definitely made me jump and definitely made me gasp at different moments. I find this scarier than *The Grudge*. I don't. <laughs> Interesting. I think that the grudge scared me a lot more than this movie did. Um, But that has stuff to do with that that's a thing that shows up and that you don't have control over. And I think that this is like, oh, I I can never put myself, like, I have control over (laughs) never putting myself in the position to see these things. (laughs) You're like, I'm not going into a cave, so I'm fine. (laughs) But I might move to Japan at some point. (laughs) (laughs) Or just move into a house. Like, I just think that, like, ghosts are scary because you can move into any house and see them. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I can move into any house and find a ghost. I can't. I guess you have experience, right? <laughs> How is the colonial ghost, may I ask? Um, I'm in my apartment, and I don't like to talk about her when I'm in my apartment. Could you put her on speaker? Yeah, she's here. She's she's going to talk whenever she feels free to. Okay. I just wanted to know that I'm 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 fully inviting her to converse with oh, me. Oh, really? You're yeah. really going to do that? Okay, great. Yeah. Manifest Anyways. her. What? 
speak, spirit. <laughs> <laughs> do, you have, do you have some, some like scary Latin? <laughs> speak. <laughs> what is <Ow>. your name? <laughs> if, hey, I'm if, too if drunk for to this break shit. into some Latin. Like, I got surprised, right? In nombre <laughs> I watch The Exorcist. I can do some Latin if I need to. That was amazing. Oh, shit. God, I'm way too drunk for this shit. <laughs> what about you, Kim? Right. Do you find this movie scary? No. I find it enjoyable. I had a great time. <laughs> it, it brings me joy. I mean, I don't remember the first time I saw it, to be honest. Um... I mean, I, I can't say if it scared me. I don't think it did. But I definitely watched it enough that it was entertaining. And it got my attention. Probably got my adrenaline up a little bit. But I just love the way they look. They look so, like, realistic and creepy. And, like, I don't know. I fuck with that. I don't know. <laughs> I really like it. And like I said, like, I like gore. I, I'm a definitely a gore fan. So the fact that this wasn't just, oh, no, we're running away from something. It was very much, like heads getting smashed in and legs yeah. being yeah. cut i just i really like okay. it can we talk about the fucking knife to the throat thing because that was that was upsetting let's let's uh let's go over some of the deaths real quick because after the uh, after the uh crawlers show up it's kind of a massacre they very quickly yeah. go after holly who is already injured and they seem to like rip her throat out basically which is, you know, kind of convenient because that was the one that was stopping them from running. So they were yeah. able to, to, to run away to some degree. Um, and that's when Juno, uh, the piece of shit, she uh, starts, she takes a, a, one of her, her climbing axes and is like caving in some skulls, basically, just ripping some crawlers apart. Um, she gets in a particularly good fight with one of them. And then someone sneaks up behind her and she goes and shoves the axe into him and she realizes that it's beth is that the correct yeah, name? yeah i believe it's beth yeah it's and beth she had killed she has put a it's it's pretty fucked up the the point of the axe is less of an axe and kind of more like a mini scythe type of thing like a climbing yeah axe you know it's definitely got like a curved edge and puts it right through her friend's neck on accident and it's a traumatic scene it's it's pretty fucked up yeah it was yeah shocking. i definitely don't want to die that way <laughs> At the hand of your, your friends. For this? <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my notes, is that I don't want to die that way. With a climbing axe through your throat? Yes, because she doesn't die, and that's my biggest problem, is that she doesn't die for, like, 40 more minutes. Is She's just living with this hole in both the sides of her throat, just gushing blood, and she's somehow still alive. And that sounds so horrific to me. Like, I do not want to die that way. That sounds awful. And by somebody I know who killed me by accident. Like, no, fuck that. I don't want to die that way. What were you saying, Kim? I I, I couldn't agree more. I, I also don't want to die that way. Like, I can say that. <laughs> I don't want to die any way that's in this movie, if, I, if I'm being honest. I'll, I'll, I'll give the blanket statement right now. <laughs> yeah, no, it was pretty gruesome. I think it's kind of unique. I can't think of many other movies that have that have done that. It was shocking, definitely. I mean, you can't blame her. For accidentally killing her friend. Especially because no, she was that's... trying to... She was trying to conserve Holly's body. Because the crawlers are trying to take it. To essentially, I'm assuming, eat it. Yeah. And it was more of a fight. Both for her survival. But also to try and keep the body of her friend. 
and in that adrenaline rush she just she just reacted especially because it's dark as well you know if she were to if that happened to be a crawler and she like paused for a second she might have died so you know I, i i agree with you that's the one thing that wasn't her fault yeah i don't think that was her fault i just think it sucks it's unfortunate and it's another kind of like realistic thing to some degree you know it's like that's the kind of shit that would happen in a situation like that. A hundred percent. And it's it's But it's her fault dark. that they're in this situation to begin with. <laughs> yeah. I think I was a little drunk at this point. My note says Juno accidentally kills Beth. Juno is the human equivalent of belly button lint. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I um I don't fully <laughs> remember that one, but that is what I wrote. <laughs> I, I think she's actually like back. pretty badass. I think she she's definitely a very strong character in, in the beginning, as well as through. Mm-hmm. I mean, she took on two of them, and she was able to like smash in one of their okay. heads. That's pretty badass. I think Sarah takes on two of them too later. I mean, later, yeah. That, there's definitely so. a transformation in Sarah, and I think that's like the whole point is like she becomes a survivor and almost becomes monstrous herself. But I think Juno yeah. is pretty consistently, like, a badass. Yeah. Like, she gives off Let's, badass energy. Okay. Let's get there before we discuss Juno too much. I, I wanted to mention, there's a, after Juno um, kills Beth and all that, there's a scene where she she leaves, like, the, for the lack of a better term, room that she's in. And it kind of pans up, and you see that one of the creatures is on the ceiling, like inches away from her, and she has no clue. Oh. And that shot's so haunting. Yeah. I love That's that shot so, so much. Oh, I hated that shot. Um, it's it's really great. Um, and then Juno, there's, man, I I hate to say, it, but really a lot of the other girls are like, it's hard to remember where they are, um, throughout this. But I know two of them go and they hide. And they realize it's, that the creatures are blind. It's Rebecca and Sam and their sisters. Yes. And they go and they hide together. And Sam's the doctor and Rebecca is her sister. And they both are hiding together because they're afraid to die. And they want to be protect each other. Uh-huh. Which that, good. it got to me a little. I don't know why, but something about it was like, oh, my sister. Like, And I was thinking about my siblings. And I was like very upset about the idea of my sister dying in front of me. And then they they escape when after being silent and getting past them because they're blind and they start to climb out and then eventually they they slit was it Rebecca's throat and she's mm-hmm. hanging upside yes. down and she it was Sam Sam Sam's I think throat. yeah I think yeah. Rebecca lives for a little bit longer yeah Rebecca um, dies a few minutes later yeah they both die um, but I really love the the visual element of sam's body like hanging there and oh, continuing great. to spin and shit yeah it's it's a it's a really effective shot and they do kind of uh continue to cut through the rest of the cast that's very clearly not main characters you know <laughs> <laughs> um anybody that's not juno or sarah kicks the bucket after a little bit there but they're all pretty memorable and they're all really practical they're all really gory and they take a bunch of crawlers with them um it's a lot of head smashing and uh, mm-hmm. axe swinging. Are there any other memorable ones you guys can think about? Any memorable crawler deaths? The eyes. The oh, squeezing yes. in the eyes was pretty um, memorable. I guess um, I guess we should comment on the on the Sarah stuff because she gets knocked out for a good bit. Yeah. And um, she comes to after being like essentially left for dead. Am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. Basically. 
Um, and then uh, I kind of like where you were going with it earlier, Kim. What were you saying about she? She definitely undergoes a transformation upon losing her friends and whatnot. Yeah, she becomes really savage. Like, oh, it's like it's very Carrie esque. Like she goes and she's like fighting, and then she gets bloody and she falls into that like little. I don't know what it's called, like a lake or like a little body of bloody water. Cool. Water and waste, blood more than likely. Yeah, and chunky blood pool. Yeah, and she's fighting like one of the female um, crawlers, which, I mean, in a way could be like a mirror version of herself. I mean, if you want to like try mm-hmm. and draw some kind of bigger parallel, but I don't think you have to, but it's still they pretty... They do go for a sympathy thing there to some degree where she seems to have killed someone she cared about. Like she kills one of the crawlers and the other crawler seems to mourn them. So I think they do kind of go for that parallel in some degree, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. they do. And it's just, oh my god, it's just so amazing. The blood. her, And then she's bloody afterwards and her face is just... And then when she finds out that um, Juno is the one that killed Beth... I mean, granted, Uh she doesn't know the exact situation of it, but she becomes a bit more... It is very much, like, soul survivor-esque. She's very much, like, don't trust her, don't trust Juno. So she, at the end of the day, is just looking out for herself. Yeah. Yeah. And after killing so many... They're not technically people, but they kind of are. um, She's just kind of lost herself to this survival instinct. And that's just always her priority, is just surviving. And early in the movie, she gets stuck and she can't crawl through that part of the cave. And her friend says to her, um, you've already, the worst thing that has happened to you can already happen to you. Which I thought was pretty mm-hmm. fucked up and not super motivating. But I can understand yeah. where, where she was coming from. Yeah, It's like, yeah. you can't you can't lose anything else. Like, this is nothing. Like, you're going to be afraid of, stuck in a, of like being stuck in a cave. You've lost your husband and daughter. Um, yeah. But I think that kind of goes into, like, her animalistic transformation into, like, killing machine later. Is that she literally is a woman with nothing to lose. I mean, yeah, it's, it's layers and layers of just, like, essentially trauma. Like, she's changed from when her husband and daughter died. And then now she's, all her friends are basically dead. And then she's had to yeah. basically become, in a sense, like, a murderer for the sake of survival on top of all that. And, yeah, you don't come out on the other end the same person you were before all of this like she's not the same person she was two years ago and it is because Mm -hmm. it's just it is grief after grief after grief that she kind of has to just deal with which you know and one of her closest friends which we could assume juno is a close friend since you know they're they're doing Mm -hmm. this together not just as she she doesn't just have to like find out that Oh my god, she killed another one of my friends, but she was also fucking my husband. Yeah. Do, do you want to explain the necklace concept and the the big reveal at the end? Um basically. So Sarah finds Beth, who is still unfortunately bleeding out, which doesn't really Ugh. make sense, but you know what, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, she was living a long time with a hole in her throat. Yeah. And she's trying to, like, give her some kind of support before she dies, essentially. Like, I'm not going to leave you. I'm right here. Whatever. And Beth keeps trying to tell her, like, don't trust her. Blah, blah, blah. And she doesn't really... She thinks maybe she's hallucinating. Maybe she's just thinking about one of the creatures. Like, I don't I don't know what's going through her head. But she's not taking it very seriously. Just trying to reassure her before, obviously, she dies. And then she finds a necklace in beth's hand which belonged to juno so previously Mm -hmm. when juno had accidentally stabbed her through the neck 
um, when Beth was falling, she brushed against her necklace and ended up taking it with her and clutching it in her hand. The necklace that she has kissed on, on I think, at least two occasions for luck. Yeah. yeah. Um, earlier in the movie. Yeah. And when Sarah kind of sees the necklace and she recognizes it to be Juno's, that's when Beth, for some reason, drops the bomb. Yeah, it's her necklace from Paul. And that's when it clicks to her, like, my husband, Paul? My husband, Paul, has given this bitch jewelry. And, I mean, Mm -hmm. you don't just give anyone. You don't give your wife's friends jewelry unless you're fucking them, let's be honest. No. And it had his quote on it. Yeah. Earlier, she'd mentioned that he had a quote that was like, live every day, you know. know, Live, laugh, shit, whatever it was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Live, laugh, shit. Eat shit, die. (laughs) Like, you know, that's... uh, But it had the same quote that was her husband's, like, signature. And that's just, like, horrible. Like, okay, my friends are dead. The one friend that's probably out there is probably, in her mind, I mean, she doesn't know what happened, but she could conceptualize it as a murderer and cheating with my husband. Although the friends knew, which I feel like <laughs> is also fucked up because Beth had yes. to have known to give her that kind of hint. So they're all terrible friends yeah. at this point. I mean, if you know that your friend's husband is cheating with one of your other friends and you keep quiet, you're just as bad. Well, she saw it right before they died. I feel like that's when she noticed was when that moment happened between the two of them right before her husband died. Mm. And how do you tell her right after her husband dies? Oh, I would say straight up. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to oh, let the bitch who was cheating shit. with her dead husband waltz back into her life and take her on a fucking cave trip. Like, are you kidding me? That's fair. That's fair. You know what? That's fair. Like, I would I never. do think that it sounded like you were going to say right after the husband died, you say, well, he was cheating on you, so who the fuck cares? Oh, no, not in the hospital. But, like, I would tell her, like, that's not your real friend. Like, she's been shading yeah. you the whole time. Fuck your husband, too, but he's dead, so you know. Whatever. <laughs> he sucks, too. Let's not pretend, like, he was such a great guy. He, he was suck. also cheating. Oh, he's so, a giant. 100%. He fuck sucks. Fuck him. I feel no sympathy for him. Like, he's trash. They show that You've... he's pretty shitty from the second he's introduced, too. I don't think yes. they, they try to make him likable. No. So, yeah, everyone here basically sucks. Fuck her friends for not telling her. Fuck Juno for cheating. And then fuck her dead husband for being a dick. And that's kind of where she's at at this point. Because, like, her friends are dead. Juno is a fucking bitch. And she can't trust her. And now she's afraid of her because she killed Beth. In her mind, anyway. Mm-hmm. And now she knows that her husband wasn't faithful. So not only is she probably going to be grieving for her husband, but also, wow, what an asshole. You know, (laughs) it's just so much to take in at one point. And I I honestly do think she kind of not snaps, but she kind of projects all that towards Juno, the only person that at this is living that she can project that sort of anger towards and blame. And also even kind of an argument you can make that he was all jumpy from having them interact with each other like he mm-hmm. like his wife was standing next to his mistress and she like touches his leg uh while he's driving and he's all like you know shocked by it and shit because he's clearly paranoid or bothered or yeah. upset like in some way and you can almost argue that him driving like that is yeah i mean not really it's kind of straight up that's what caused the, the accident yeah you know not not her touching his leg that didn't cause the accident, but him being so jumpy and I guess guilty and scared um, caused it. So, like, you can almost argue the affair killed both him and his and his daughter, you know? 
Yeah, I definitely yeah. think, like, for both Juno and Sarah, since they're more so the front characters, I, w- I would probably say Sarah's more the main character than Juno, but... Yes. Um, This cave kind of ends up amplifying the sort of baggage they kind of bring into it. Like, Sarah's the grief and trauma, obviously. Like, she hears her daughter laughing, I think, at one point throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, she does. And can't seem to kind of escape that. And I think that kind of gets built on heavier and heavier as the movie goes through different things. Like, like we just said, seeing everyone die, finding out about her husband. Like, it's just piled on. And Gino's kind of the same, I think. She comes into this with, like guilt we we can assume it's guilt that's pushing her to really go the full mile on this trip to kind of make amends yeah. in her own mind without actually taking accountability but yeah it, it kind of just ends up with more guilt being piled on the guilt of getting them lost the guilt of being the reason why they're there in the first place the guilt of killing her friend accidentally like it's it's just mm-hmm. these characters kind of come in with this baggage and it ends up just continuing on and on and on and I think that's kind of scary and poetic, but also, like, it's really fucked up. And the way they end, um, which we talk about the ending, I think is just the inevitable for both of them. Uh, let, let's get to that ending, but let's talk real quick. There is, like, a killing spree before the ending, basically, where Sarah just goes... Sarah and Juno, they meet up, and they go absolutely ham on some crawlers. And there's some great stuff yeah. there, including the eyeball gouging that Kim uh, that AJ was talking about earlier. Um, and just it's like a montage of head smashes and stuff and it's all just it's all great stuff like all I have written for this part is just all caps this gore is fun <laughs> like, except the spitting enjoyable. <laughs> apparently for Aaron the spitting was not no I'm not into spitting at all no spitting <laughs> only pee <laughs> only pee but no spit <laughs> no, no pee either pee is fine but you're not okay with spitting Interest. I'm the opposite. opposite I would say life. spitting's okay, Pee- but yeah, peeing is I not. Yeah, I would definitely be better with spitting than I was with pee, personally. So you know, Aaron, you do you. That's okay. We support all kinks in this household. We're like eight episodes in, and I'm already bisexual piss boy. I'm not happy about it, <laughs> I'm not happy about it at all. <laughs> <laughs> that spit was nasty, You know... Though podcast bring out the truth in us no <laughs> it's okay Besides, his spit no, was really gross girl being outside of ages you know what that, that's just she is and i take care of her and her and i are besties <laughs> okay remember that when that bitch comes to visit you tonight remember what you said y'all Shut are besties <laughs> no you yeah, can't take it back gonna, now she's gonna cuddle me and we're gonna have the best time it's gonna be great AJ's going to wake up in the middle of the night with a long black hair like, in her mouth. Like, <laughs> oh, in her eye, like, oh. <laughs> oh. She's going to tickle her feet and she's going to be like, oh, fuck. This oh. bitch wants to cuddle. <laughs> she's going to be like, oh, colonial ghost, leave me alone. <laughs> I'm going to open my arms and I'm going to be like, come on, babe. And she'll just do the little sound she does back and you'll be like, oh. mm-hmm. I know you're trying to be brave right now. <laughs> she's fine now. Once we're off and she's quiet, it's quiet, then she'll be sweating. <laughs> sweating like you after watching the sci-fi When I was channel. little, yeah, dude, it used to really fuck me up. I literally would just sweat. I would just stare at the ceiling and sweat. And I would bring up my sheets, so I like binders, like blinders on the side of my eyes like a horse, so I couldn't look in any direction. <laughs> 
and I would just stare oh straight up. And then I would eventually pass out and fall asleep. And then the next morning, I'd watch scary movies again because I'm safe <laughs> during the day. <laughs> oh, my God. What the fuck? I loved horror. I was obsessed. All right. So there's a montage of Sarah and uh, Juno kicking ass. And uh, I have written that Juno snapped one of the creature's necks, but she should snap her own. Um, <laughs> <Stop>. <laughs> um, and they kind of they beat the fuck out of all of them, and they kind of sit staring at each other. Juno still very much looks like Juno, but Sarah kind of looks like an absolute fucking animal, yeah, uh, covered in blood and shit. And they're staring at each other, and they're not quite sure you know that their relationship's kind of strained and they're not sure if it's appreciation or if it's uh, something more malicious or whatnot and then sarah lets the necklace juno's necklace given to her by paul kind of fall out of her palm to show like hey i know do you want to do you want to take it kim yeah she fucking stabs you the is the knee or the thigh. Yeah, yeah like, something like, like that. Yeah, she like full on just takes her little axe thing and stabs her straight through the knee. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> and <laughs> essentially just fucking leaves her like that. Like, basically, I'm going to cripple you to the point where like you can't really do anything. Escape. Yeah. And I'm going to leave your ass here to basically get eaten. She left her friend to fucking yeah. die. Yeah, well, she led all of her friends into an evil cave, but not they intentionally. Sent to this is legitimate. Like, <laughs> okay, in but worst case, that's consent. manslaughter. In this case, that's legitimately like leaving her murder. to die. It's yeah. murder. No, I get that's it. Fine. My, my favorite part was when that that axe goes through her knee, and both AJ <laughs> and I go, "Ooh, yeah, she deserved that." And then Kim, <laughs> of all people, goes. You guys are cruel. Yeah, like, <laughs> so, like, I didn't expect you guys to hate her that much. Like, a hundred percent, she's to blame. But I, I just the slander that was going on in my girl Juno's name, <laughs> that was just a lot. It's just that she is the reason they're there. <laughs> but does that justify her being left there to Dying? die? Well, everyone else died because so of her. That wasn't yeah. her fault. It is her fault. It is 100% her fault. She did not purposely take them to be murdered. This isn't Midsummer. She's not Pele. She's not purposely taking them to their death. You Uh, like Pele. I love Pele. (laughs) I I would fuck Pele. That's why I I love my husband. But (laughs) what I'm saying is it's not the same intentions. Yes, she made a mistake and it's fucked up. But it wasn't. The intention wasn't to kill all her friends. I don't think that that's what she that's what she wanted. Yes, we can blame okay, her for like if we, went, if, we, if we if I was like, hey, go let's go hiking, and you guys were like, yeah, sure, and I was like, yeah, we're gonna go on this like famous trail, and we're like midway through, and I'd be like, yeah, no one's ever been here before. You guys would be like, what the fuck? So then, <laughs> yes. so then we can break your knee and leave you there to get eaten by a bear. If everyone else was getting eaten by bears, I'd deserve it. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> if everyone else has already died by bear, then <laughs> then we should just purposely injure you and leave you there to be also okay, eaten. No. Okay. Fair. I agree. I'm just saying she also fucking sucked. But I also don't necessarily think she should have been left to die. 
Yeah, I, mean, I don't fair. think she should be allowed to die. And I, I mean, she can be a bad person, but I don't think also, she should be hated. <laughs> I don't want to see her succeed when I saw everyone else die and she's the reason that they're there. It's it's also, it's not like, I think it might be kind of different if like it was either Sarah leaves or she saves Juno and she yeah. chose to leave instead. I feel like yeah. that would be hella warranted. But it's the fact that they're both in perfect health, and Sarah's like, "Fuck your knee." <laughs> yeah, and just purposely leaves her there. Puts her own kind is, of judgment. It's pretty fucked up. Kind of, you Therein know. lies the difference. Yeah, but if it but was like, she risk cheated. To save her. Okay, but I think for Sarah, in the perspective of Sarah, she cheated with her husband. She left after her husband died. She kept this secret and she purposely brought me to a cave that no one else has been in before and that probably will lead to my death. Then I might be like, fuck you. I'm gonna kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, After leaving her for dead, she climbs up um, kind of like the side of the cave in a very awesome shot. Mm Mm-hmm. That's from the side of her kind of reaching up. And then there's an awesome scene of her busting her hand out like a zombie coming out of the grave. And all of a sudden, everything's very colorful. Uh, still very blue 2005 tint. But um, <laughs> she definitely a burst of color as she puts her hand out. And she runs to her car, sobbing, gets in the car, and drives away. And this is where things get kind of weird, is there's two endings <laughs> to this. Yeah. Um, one where she pulls the car over and throws up after a little bit and then sees zombie Juno or ghost Juno in the car next to her and, you know, it kind of ends on a jump scare or the UK ending, which after that happened, she wakes up and she was back in the cave and she had never left. Which ending did y'all prefer? I prefer the Juno ending. I don't prefer the other one. I think I prefer the stuck in the cave one too. Yeah. It's a, but I always, it's a I always root for the leaving option, and like, I'd rather be haunted by the memory of it and be surviving, than not survive it. That's fair. Yeah, you know, both, uh, both endings aren't great. I mean, I don't know how Ghost Juno is supposed to <laughs> go for. For Sarah, yeah. there ghosts are kind of a new equation in this. We haven't seen the effects of ghosts in this movie, <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not quite sure what that entails. I don't know. I th- I think the ghost is maybe a little like cheesy, you know, and just doesn't really make sense as far as the rest of the movie. But um, and still not bad. I think the movie still is incredible the whole way through, and I think it's strong enough that even if it doesn't stick the ending, it doesn't bother me much. I seen the ghost one, yeah. It kind of cheapens it, makes it kind of dumb, because it's like, what does that mean? Oh, she's a ghost now? Like, is it? I don't know. I think the stuff. Yeah, in exactly. The, yeah, it's very like it's vague and weird and has nothing to do with the rest of it. And honestly, that would have, that I would have hated it if that that's how it ended. I'm like, that's so lame. You're just gonna give me a random shot of like Juno's ghost, <laughs> okay? <laughs> but I think the other one where she's back in the cave. I love that sense of hopelessness, that thought that, like, (laughs) she escaped. Just kidding. She never actually left. And I think that's so fucking horrible, and I love it. It, I love it. The hopelessness gone. I agree that it's horrible. (laughs) And that's how it should. It's just, it's a beautiful, perfect ending. No hope. She's stuck in there. 
and it's just oh amazing yeah no i i also i also prefer that it is it is dark and i do see why you know they thought it was too dark at the time and had two different endings but it is what i prefer as well um kim yeah do you have a thirst segment um not really for this one i mean it's definitely more of an enjoyable they're all their creatures i mean <laughs> i i can say i'm into spit but not his spit and these creatures do not look like they're human they technically are human-esque but they're not fully human if that makes sense so yeah it's gonna be a no for me um and yeah I was going to say, we need an episode where you're actually into anybody. Yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while since we've had a full yeah. thirst section discussion. We mentioned it last time that I don't think there's any episodes besides, you know, Pele that have a, a big thirst segment, but they'll come. Yeah, we'll get there. Pele and then, um, what was her name? Selma Hayek's character, obviously. Yes. That's uh-huh. a given. Our our pilot that is not going to make the cut, I don't think, our uh, Nightmare on Elm Street one. You had a lot to say about Freddy Krueger. Yes, yeah. he's definitely on that list. There are some weird people on my list of just, I just, I don't know why <laughs> I found them attractive, but I did. Um, and you know what? That's fine. <laughs> it is fine. I support you. Yeah. We're here, it's, a, it's a search for knowledge here. We're, we learn more every time. There are murderers. Like that Aaron's into pee. Uh, no, that's not the takeaway we should get from this. It let's, is. It's let's okay. Focus on the, let's focus on the colonial ghost. I think let's, it's okay. Let's go back to the ghost. She's also okay. She's into P2. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. She never said that. I never said that. I just said she's okay. She supports you and you're into P. I love no, how everyone no, has their no shtick now. Aaron's a P guy. Right, right, AJ right. has a ghost. <laughs> we all have our shtick and I love it. Well, wait, wait to conveniently leave yourself out of that. <laughs> What's my shtick? That I want to fuck bad men? That's, that's yes. not the only one. I'm not the only one. I like toxic men. Okay, get in line. I like pepperoni pizza looking bird men. <laughs> Put on your fedora and spit on me. Yeah, there you go. Not on me, but you know. Okay, let's go. Final thoughts, starting with AJ. <laughs> Why do you start with me? Because um... this is this is about your opinions. I didn't like this movie. Um... Really. Yeah. How do we not talk more about that? I didn't. I thought that this it was time fine. Um, I thought that it was a lot of bring, going down a tunnel and bad choices. And I think I like it better when people don't have any control over the shitty situation that they're in. But this felt like it was fully a choice to make that somebody made. Like, no, most of them didn't make it, but goddamn Juno made the choice that they were all going to be in this situation and I feel like that's just stupid. I didn't like it and that's my final thought. That's fair. Is this, is this would you say this is your, your least favorite of what we've watched so far? Ooh, Willy's Wonderland was much worse. <laughs> <laughs> huh, that's, so, that's interesting. I think um, it was one of the worst for sure. But I... I definitely, I think this might be my second least. Hmm. Um, I like this one a lot. Um, 
I think it's got a little a little something for everybody. It reminds me a lot of From Dust Till Dawn and the fact that it's practically two different movies. And uh, like I said, I like the second more crazy half of both of those movies. Um, I like when it becomes more of a creature feature and I love all the gore in it. And I think it's it's pretty enjoyable from, in, from beginning to end. And I feel time flew as we were watching it. And I, I don't think there's a ton of wasted time. I feel it's it's all pretty well used. Um, I guess if I had to have a complaint, it's that it becomes hard to tell characters apart, at least for me, um, at some <laughs> point. Because at the end of the day, it's a lot of blonde women in climbing gear that is supposed to be effective and not, you know, stylish. So they all look very official, but all very similar. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a lot easier to have costuming make characters stand out in other situations but there's a very strict uniform to this so it's not a complaint at all it's just definitely one thing it was hard to tell characters apart to some degree but otherwise i i had only seen this once before and i remembered like 80 to 90 percent of it and i think that says a lot it'd been like probably two or three years since i've seen this movie and i remembered it it stuck with me i enjoyed it kim obviously i love this movie I think for it being low budget, it did a very, very good job of being not only well-made and have incredible shots and imagery, but also just being a really standout for this portion of the genre. Like, I think a lot of people know this movie if you watch horror and if you've watched horror during this time period, during the 2000s. I definitely think this is a well-known movie for that fact. I think it's a gem. Um, love that it's an all-female cast. That was something that was really lacking in horror up to this point. And I think it's amazing that the director purposely chose to have an all-female cast for that reason. So I have to give credit to that as well. I think the acting was amazing on both the part of the women and also the part of the crawlers themselves. I think the acting was beautiful. Um, I wouldn't say it's like Oscar-worthy, but definitely for a low-budget horror movie, like the acting was pretty up to par with um, having good chemistry and having good conversation and really making it believable. Um, And yeah, I I mean, I I love it. I think the claustrophobia and the feeling of tension and darkness and emptiness is really well done with the setting. I think Marshall went a really good route in trying to make a very simplistic concept turn into something very well done and well executed. And I think they used the best of what they had, and it's no wonder this movie is still being shown on streaming sites and is still being shown on TV, because it definitely is very digestible and scary and gory and has a lot of elements to it that I think a lot of horror fans, whether you're you know deep into the genre or just starting out, can really find things that they like about it. So to me, it's one of my favorite movies, and I definitely watch it all the time, and I will continue to watch it because it's so good. <laughs> The low budget aspect is something I was completely unaware of, and it does not show at all. Like, there's no hint to me that this movie was low budget at all. It was low budget, and it was pushed out very um, quickly because they wanted to get it out before the American quote-unquote version was um, set out. There was a movie called The Cave that was supposed to be released around the same time. Um, Not the same thing, but it had similar concept when they were creating it, so... The director wanted to be the first one to get his movie out first, so they kind of pushed a lot of production to get it out before the other one. So with a time crunch and a low budget, I think it does a lot of really good things. I fully agree. 
Well, I, I always like when we have mixed opinions. I, I, I appreciate the differences. I like when we don't agree with each other. So I think it's really interesting that we've... Because uh, I think if we've both agreed on a movie, typically, AJ's liked it as well. So I think this is the first time that we've we've both enjoyed something and showed it to AJ and it was a dud. But um, but hell, that's that's what we're here for, right? <laughs> yeah. It's to, it's to show, get new opinions and, and see everything, you know? Uh, the basis of this is primarily kim and i having just such vastly different opinions but respect for each other's opinions in horror movies so. <laughs> yeah um it's always nice to get each other's opinions and to, to feel it all out you know mm-hmm. all right is any anything else we want to say about this before we wrap up no no justice for juno i guess i'll end with that justice for juno no yeah yeah i'm gonna have to disagree with that too <laughs> Sorry, but not sorry. <laughs> Juno wasn't sorry either. So, um, <laughs> all right. Thanks for listening to Slashes and Spirits. Join us next week when we'll be watching Cats and Dogs Two: The Revenge of Kitty oh, Galore. God. But Have until you know then, <laughs> until then, I've been Aaron. I've been AJ, and I'm Kim. And thanks for listening. I love you. 